Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring sermons drawn from our pastoral staff and various guest preachers. continuing actually finishing up our sermon series that we've been going through over the last couple of weeks, where we have been following the Israelites as they have been on this journey of coming back to a place that had been home after 70 years of exile. And we followed them on this journey through many ups and through many downs. And today, we are going to be with them as this journey starts to conclude. You'll notice that today we're in Nehemiah. We've spent a majority of our time in Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah are companion books. They're the same story told through two different perspectives, but they have the same overarching theme. And so before we've been reading through the eyes of Ezra, who was a religious leader within the Israelite community today, we're reading this story through the eyes of Nehemiah, who was a military leader, a government leader, who completed the building at the temple. I really invite you to listen for how the tone of our scripture passage for today has shifted. Is there something that's different? Are you noticing some change in the people or some change in the way that God is moving within them? I invite you to join me as we listen. When the seventh month came, the people of Israel being settled in their towns all the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the 17th month. He read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So they read from the book from the law of God with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me as we pray. Lord, we ask for your insight, for your truth. 
for your hope, for your comfort, for your challenge, and for understanding that we too, like the Israelites, might deeply know who you are and who you are calling us to be. Continue to set this moment aside as holy so that we might draw near to you and in drawing near, being transformed by your good news intended not just for us here, but for all in the world. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. People don't fear change. People fear loss. If your adult child comes to you and tells you that you are going to be a grandparent for the first time, your child is telling you that your life is about to change. But chances are, you're not afraid. If your doctor tells you that you no longer have to take blood pressure medication, she's telling you that your health is changing and improving. But chances are, you're not afraid. If your teacher or your boss tells you that you no longer have to stay late after school or in the office because your level of work has been excellent, your boss is telling you that your life is about to change, your evenings are about to get more time, and chances are you're not afraid. That's because we don't fear change. We fear loss. We fear the loss of a pregnancy or the loss of our health or the loss of our time. We fear losing what is familiar and comforting to us. We have no shortage of things that we fear. And no doubt, that's why the good news that God speaks to humanity throughout Scripture tells us time and time again not to fear. By the count of most scholars, God tells humanity to fear not 365 times in the Bible, one time for each day of our year. We are a fearful people, but it's a mistake for us to mix up our fears and change. We don't really fear change. We fear loss. One of the fears that the Israelites had was the fear that their God was never going to return to them. After all, they had been stolen from their temple. They had been dragged into exile where they lived for 70 years without a place to worship. They were forced to embrace new traditions and rituals and practices of the Babylonian people. And after 70 years, I would imagine many wondered if they ever were going to feel close to God again. And then, in a truly miraculous fashion, they are given the chance to return to their home, to their temple, and to return to their God. I know that if I were in their shoes, I would want to make mighty well sure that I didn't screw any of it up. And they clearly didn't want to screw any of it up either. Over the last few weeks, we have been following the Israelites' journey out of exile as they return back to their homeland and their temple and turn their attention to establishing this new future there, primarily to reestablishing a national relationship 
with their God. It's really been an emotional journey. They had to decide if they wanted to leave the comfort of their home in Babylon. Those who did choose to leave had to quickly come to terms with a new reality when they arrived in Jerusalem, making their homes in rubble and in dust while remnants of their memories of better times followed along to taunt them. For three weeks, we followed along with the Israelites as they found new ways to lament and to grieve, to lament that things were not the same, that the path forward was riddled with unexpected challenges and obstacles, to lament over the truth, that it was their own carelessness and disregard of God that got them into this position to begin with. The return to Jerusalem, and so the return to God, was an emotional journey with each step toward change requiring them to come to terms with their fears and to process their grief. But as they continued forward faithfully rebuilding a new Jerusalem, which was a journey that took over 40 years, they one day find themselves at the end of the journey. Friends, that's today. They had done the work. They had made the hard choices. They had processed their losses. They had developed new practices and habits that returned God to the center of their communal life together. And now the day has come where there is no more work to be done, either on the temple or on their communal restoration. They could not live in that emotional roller coaster forever. And so they needed to mark the work that they had done and make room for joy. My friends, the only thing that was left for them to do was to celebrate. That's what's happening in our scripture passage for today, see. The building is finally complete. And so Ezra brings in the, new, the law of Moses into the new temple for the first time and starts reading it. And as he does that, he is symbolizing the return of this ancient God into this new structure, into this renewed community. And again, the people are overcome with their emotions, wailing and crying. I bet you can join me in imagining how we might feel if we were in their shoes. It'd be hard to keep it together. But unlike before, when the tears of sorrow and the tears of joy were so intermingled that no one could really discern one from the other, Nehemiah tells the people that they instead must celebrate. It's a mandatory celebration this time. This ancient God, who they had been dragged away from in the exile, had returned to this new city. They had done the work. So there was nothing left to do but mark the occasion with celebration and to make sure that no one missed out. Everyone needed to know that their God was with them again. The hard work of enduring change and loss had been completed. That's something we're celebrating. Some feared 
had feared that it would be impossible to move into the future without losing that ancient God. But their fear that they had lost God had proved to be unfounded. It turns out, God was more than happy to make a home in their new city. I want to tell you a true story about a Christian church that's in Korea. This particular church had long-established history within their community. They had a history that dated back to the Japanese occupation in Korea. And during that occupation, members of that church were martyred on the church steps as they resisted invasion and closure of the church. The members of this church were proud of how their church had stood as a faithful witness of Jesus Christ in the most trying of times and then had continued in that faithful witness for decades. The day came where this church welcomed a new pastor and new staff, and over time, the church began to experience a new season of growth. Pretty soon, they found themselves doing up to six services a Sunday. The parking lot was always full with cars driving early and driving in circles until after the church service had started with a hope that they could find a spot, it resulted in many cars eventually having to drive away. People who had never been to a church before were coming to be baptized. They were coming to be forgiven. They were coming to be embraced. Things were changing and it was incredible. And so finally the day came where the pastor met with the elders of the church to discuss building a larger property, one that would allow them to welcome more people in one service, that would allow them the space to expand their parking lot so that no person who came to worship would have to drive away because there was no room for them. And the elders, as you might be able to imagine, were instantly divided. Most of them agreed with the pastor they needed to do something. It couldn't please God for them to be turning people away who wanted to join the community, wanted to meet Jesus, wanted to experience forgiveness. They had to do whatever it took to accommodate the people who were clamoring to be in God's presence. But not everyone agreed. Some were appalled at the suggestion to build something new. Where were they going to get the money to do this new build? It was going to be expensive. It might actually compromise their ongoing commitment to be giving to the poor, to be serving those who had less than they did. And besides, how could they possibly leave this building that has been a physical representation of the community's stalwart faith over all of these decades? The blood of their ancestors was literally soaked into the bricks of this building. To leave would be to dishonor their sacrifice. Now, in Korean culture, it would have been appropriate and accepted if the pastor had put his foot down and said that they were going to move regardless of anyone's concerns. People would have gone with it. It would have happened. But rather than doing that, the pastor told them this. He said that no action was going to be taken one way or another 
until everyone on the ruling board was in agreement. Now, you can imagine that that statement was met with exasperation by the many and with gloating by the few. And then the pastor said that every time they met together, they were going to spend time praying for the people who were circling the church in the parking lot and who were unable to come in. They were going to pray for the staff that was being overworked by these multiple services and extension of programs because they didn't have the room for it. And they were going to pray for their city, which they knew was being changed by their witness. And so that's what they did. None of the elders really budged in their positions. When a faction, the, the faction that wanted to build the larger sanctuary started to threaten to take things into their own hands, then the pastor suggested that they reline the parking lot and add some chairs in the aisles so that they could accommodate just a few more people. It wasn't a permanent solution to the problem, but it helped. And all the while, they continued praying for the people, for the staff, for the city. And then one day, an elder came to the ruling board with an idea. He happened to be an architect by trade. And so he said, well, what if we purchased a larger plot of land to build a larger sanctuary and a bigger parking lot? But what if we used the bricks of the original church to do it? It would cut down the cost of the build by recycling materials. And more importantly, it would honor the sacrifices of our ancestors by not leaving that building behind all while still providing that larger space for the community to gather and worship and to lessen the burnout of the staff. Pretty amazing solution, right? The elders' idea changed the heart of the board, and they voted unanimously to build a new sanctuary with the bricks of the old. You see, my friends, no problem is so large that you can keep God out of a new city out of a new building, out of a new heart. So if you have ever been afraid that our God is going to be lost alongside old traditions or old habits or old practices, then I really hope that these stories from Scripture and from our siblings in Christ will comfort you because, friends, our ancient God will not be kept out. Our ancient God will not be left behind. The fears that we have that we will somehow lose the God that we love as we adapt to new circumstances is so innate to our nature that God tells us 365 times in scripture to fear not. Nothing that we have done is the thing that has kept God close to us. Nothing that we will do can shake God off our trail. So if you fear that all of the change that we have had to endure together will cause us to lose touch with our ancient God, then I urge you in the words of scripture, fear not. We are doing the hard work. We have processed our grief. We are looking to make God the center of our community in ways that are familiar and ways that are unfamiliar. And this season 
will not last forever. Soon, very soon, it's going to be time to celebrate. Amen. You have been listening to a production of San Marino Community Church. Find our worship services on YouTube or subscribe to our podcast on Spotify.